Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. To be the last quarter of the season, as Key likes to say, of course, those words uttered by Tom Brady. It's Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests, Shell, Pennzoil, Performance Line, including Lou Riddick, on the call tonight for the Seahawks and the Eagles. He'll join us at the bottom of the hour. You just heard there, mixed in with Tom Brady, some of the great exploits of the Kansas City Chiefs. They defeat Tom and company uh, yesterday. Next up for the Chiefs, by the way, December 6th, is a matchup with the Denver Broncos. And the Broncos are in a world of hurt at the moment. You probably heard the situation. Quarterback Jeff Driscoll diagnosed with the coronavirus on Thursday. Close contacts with the other three quarterbacks. The regular starter, Drew Locke, practice squad quarterback Blake Bortles, and Brett Rippon. So those three guys, due to close contacts, are essentially ruled out of the game. The Broncos have to go with Kendall Hinton, who, by the way, uh, a couple of weeks ago, this is a guy that played quarterback and wide receiver at Wake Forest. A couple of weeks ago, he sent his college head coach, a guy named Dave Clawson, the Wake mm-hmm. Forest head coach, yep. he sent him a photo of him catching a, uh, a punt in practice with the Broncos jersey and said, Coach, so glad you had me play special teams. It's how I'm hanging in the NFL after playing wide receiver, quarterback, and special teams. Little did he know his life was about to change, adding another position. Hinton was terrible. One for nine, 13 <laughs> yards, two picks. I'm trying to think of a better, softer word. There's just no way to put it. After the game with the Broncos essentially having all of their quarterbacks not wearing masks around Jeff Driscoll and all being ruled out, Kareem Jackson is generally paid by the Broncos to pick off Taysom Hill. But instead yesterday, Kareem picked off his own quarterbacks. Uh, I definitely don't have an explanation. Um, I feel like, you know, um, I mean, maybe it could have been moved. But at the same time, maybe, you know, the league, you know, just, just make an example of us. As far as, you know, us not doing the things we needed to do in that particular room, in that quarterback room, obviously guys didn't follow their protocol. So for them to see that, I guess they, you know, felt like they had to um, uh, make an example. So at the end of the day, I mean, it is what it is. Just got to just keep pressing forward as a team. Not only not following protocol, but also when the NFL came to investigate, not being forthcoming about being together and all not wearing masks leading to this disaster on Sunday, Dan Orlovsky said, for each and every one of these guys, Key, you joined us earlier this morning, the ESPN NFL analyst. If you're Drew Locke, I can't trust you. You're the face of my franchise. You can't put a darn mask on your face. Blake Bortles, your career's in shambles, bro. You had a chance to play, but you can't follow simple rules. And Brett Rippon, you got to prove you're more than a practice squad player. We're going to give all y'all a chance to do it. And all of your laziness and neglecting of all of this has put your teammates in a horrible position. Well, more, it's more neglect than it is lazy. Right, because they you grown, you're grown, you're grown. Like you don't need someone to tell you the protocols. It's given to you. You know what's in the building. How many times have you seen or heard from your coach and organization about wearing the mask in confined areas, especially in that situation? You're not at home with your family. Like it, it's just irresponsible for them. And much like Dan said, the backup quarterback backing up the backup. All y'all got an opportunity to now play well and be seen by 31 other teams. But in this situation, you wasted an opportunity and you also put your team in a bad situation. Now, I understand what what Jackson is saying about maybe the league, you know, make an example. out. Well, it's not the league that made an example out of it. It's your quarterbacks. Your quarterbacks have forced the league 
to put something in place and say, you know what, we're not going to continue to keep having these sort of things happening to organizations, whether it's the Raiders, whether it's Tennessee. Now you're looking at Denver. I mean, you could go on and on and on. Every single week there's a couple of teams that have issues going on with COVID. And so it's like I'm a quarterback. I'm supposed to be the leader of the team. In my room, I know we're supposed to have our mask on. I know the things that we're supposed to be doing, but we decided not to do it. So, therefore, the team has to now take a guy off the practice squad who hasn't taken snaps on the center since college. Key, everything you said is correct. But it, here's, here's the, the challenge is from a leadership perspective, still in our country, I still think there are people on, on both sides here that some people want to wear masks and some people don't want to wear masks. Yeah, that's, that's, I, that's cool. I, 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 hear, I no, I, Key, you and I are on the same page about that's this. That's cool. You and I, as soon as we leave the studio to go to the bathroom, same with Zubin, we put our mask on. That's what our work environment dictates for us to do. We abide. We do that. I would do that regardless of whether we're at work or not, right? I know you guys are all the same way. But the reality is there are still people in our country that feel that they don't want to wear a mask, right? So when you have that, it seeps into the cultures, right? And I, I heard Vic Fangio say, you know, maybe I should have done a better job as a coach doing that. These are grown men. At the end of the day, it comes down to the personal decision that you decide to make for yourself and for your team. They made those personal decisions, and inevitably the league said, here's the repercussion, here's the repercussion for your actions. Yeah, it's and, exactly where it is. And, and that is true, Jay. I just think that, though, you know, you say, well, there's people – that are over here that don't want to do it, people over there that do want to do it. The the deal is you're in an organization in the building and in the league that says do it, whether you want to or not. Coaches and organizations are being fined left and right for having reckless behavior, right? I mean, these things is just not – it's not that hard. I know, but some people aren't don't find it reckless. Shocking to be said because I find it to be extremely reckless. Some people don't find yeah, it to I be wonder, reckless. Yeah, but I wonder um, – and I and, and I'd love that Lewis is coming on with us, and maybe he knows or, or somebody. What about the coach that's in the meeting room with them? The QB coach the in QB this case. The QB coach. Where was his leadership at in terms of telling his group of four quarterbacks mm. to have the mask on? Did he did he ignore it? Was he allowed to even coach in the game on Saturday? Do we know that? I mean, on Sunday. That's a good question. We can certainly find that out. But keep this in mind too. One thing we. Um, no coach in the room from what we're hearing. So no coach okay. in the room at all. So they're, they're in the room on Zoom or something? In the meeting room on Zoom? Is that the way they're doing it? That's how everything's being conducted, right? That's part of the intensive protocols to have everything on Zoom. We should also mention this. One thing we haven't mentioned today. Okay, so they were in on their own time meeting. Mm-hmm. They were not with the team in the team meeting. They were by themselves meeting, uh, getting extra work in. Right, and open about not wearing a mask when they were all together. Not only that, they had spent several minutes, a lot of time together because it was off the field. We should also mention this. Most NFL facilities today are closed, today and tomorrow. That's something that came out late last week that a Mm. lot of people aren't talking about. If you're playing today, the facility can be open. Like in Seattle and Philly, it's open in Pittsburgh. It's obviously closed in Baltimore, even though they're playing tomorrow. So the lion's share of facilities around the league right now are closed. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. That's a good thing. Mondays and Tuesdays, most of the time, you get victory Monday or coaches decide that the film is so trash they don't even want to watch it on Monday. Tuesdays is traditionally your off day anyway. You're back in the building on Wednesday. So, uh, yeah, I, 
that, that probably is a good thing that Monday and Tuesday will be closed. Final word will go to Vic Fangio, who obviously the Broncos are a repeat offender. Remember, Fangio was one of the coaches fined several weeks ago for not wearing a mask. I want to Jeez. quickly mention Goodell, October 13th, literally put out a statement, quote, Games are not going to be rescheduled, quote, simply to avoid roster issues caused by injury or illness affecting multiple players, even within a position group. And that position group obviously was quarterback. And they have put out time and time and again memos essentially saying wearing masks is not only mandatory, but the most direct way to avoid being designated as somebody that is a high risk contact as those other three quarterbacks were. The Broncos gave an entire NFL a fresh look by using a practice squad Wide receiver at quarterback. Fresh look brought to you by Sport Clips. Get yourself back in the game with Sport Clips' legendary MVP cut experience. Vic Fangio essentially saying, yeah, this is on my quarterback room, but it's not the only room that's liable. Well, I was disappointed on a couple levels in that that our quarterbacks put us in this position. Our quarterbacks put the league in that position. We count on them to be the leaders of the team and you know leaders of the offense, and uh, those guys made a mistake. And that, that is disappointing. Obviously, I haven't done a good enough job of selling the protocols to them, you know, when they're on their own. So, you know, part of that could fall on me there. And we should also mention, for those wondering, why don't the Broncos just sign anybody off the street? There is a rule that if you do sign a player, there's probably at least a six-day period between when they join your organization and they have to get through all of the testing. That's why if the Broncos wanted to find a street-free agent, an actual quarterback, their hands were tied with all of this coming down about 24 to 48 hours before. I still could have put a better game plan together, though. Mm-hmm. I could have put a better game plan together. You got that poor kid out there throwing the football. Man, stop. He threw it more interceptions than completions. I couldn't watch I mean, the whole game. It was tough. It really you was. Put, I'm telling you, they could have put a better game plan together. I've been in this situation where we were down to Chris Winkie as our quarterback with the Carolina Panthers. Oh, Winkie. And Dan Henning, we're playing the Atlanta Falcons. We had D'Angelo Williams and Deshaun Foster in the backfield. Me and Steve Smith at the receivers. We decided direct snaps, direct snaps. We ran the ball, I want to say, 70 times. We might have thrown it 12. I think we were like 2 for 12. We won the game, though. This wasn't Florida State, Chris Winkie. No, this was, this, Carolina. Chris, yeah, this was Carolina. <laughs> Zubin, Chris Winkie. Can you imagine what beast would have been created if Key had taken a couple snaps under center and actually won that game? If well, that was, a couple but that, was a, that was a, when I was with the Jets. They had me as the emergency quarterback in 99. Would you have enough swagger to throw it to yourself and then run under and catch it? No, it was, <laughs> we, we, we had a game plan. We were going empty, and I knew all of our empty protections. It was 74-75. It was... Shout tosser. It was all slants. It was it was stick nods. I mean, it was simple. And then we had nickel forty, which was a draw to Curtis Martin. We would go in a bunch formation, and we would go toss 39, 38 Gator. Simple, ten plays, easiest pie. A couple sprints to the right. Throw the hitch. If the guy is off of him, throw the hitch. If he's if he's up on him, throw the corner route or throw it in the third row. That's it. It's not that difficult. How about, how about this seven days? I love the way you break it down. It's not that difficult. It's not. Man, to put a, a simple game plan together, it's not that difficult. The people up front got to be willing to do their job and know that they got to maul the defense. That's It's not that hard. All right. I ain't trying to sit in that cockpit. I ain't trying no, to it, I, I didn't say I'm in the gun, so I already got space away from okay. the defensive line. I never had to go underneath the center. Never had to go underneath the center. Mm. So mm-hmm. you, you, it's, it would have been fun. Think about this. Not fun for the Broncos. In a span of seven days, they have a quarterback that throws more interceptions than completions in a game, and then they have to see Patrick Mahomes on Sunday. Oh. I mean, that's basically the way it's gone for them 
well, season long. Well, somebody will be back, though, by Sunday, though, Oh, right? yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. just that seven-day period. Clearly. It's over for them anyway, though. They weren't going nowhere. No, I mean, it's time, it's time for Elway and Vic Fangio to separate and Elway to find his replacement and move on. Keep in mind, they have not made the playoffs. They have not made the playoffs since Peyton Manning rode off into the sunset winning Super Bowl 50. Haven't mm. been to the postseason since. Let's go from A to Z. And we're going to start with one of the great heartwarming stories of the weekend. Sarah Fuller becoming the first woman in college football history to play in a Power 5 conference game. She was the kicker for Vanderbilt. They've been ravaged at that spot on the field. In a 41-0 loss to Missouri, she actually is a terrific soccer player on the Commodores' excellent SEC soccer team down there at Vandy. She was asked after the game, didn't get much of an opportunity because of the shutouts. There really weren't any field goals or extra points. She just had the kickoff there. If she plans to stay the rest of the way. I talked with Fitz uh, during the game, actually, and he was my special teams coach. And um, he was like, we'd love to have you stick around. And um, I would love to continue learning and uh, refine my kicks and everything. Uh, This morning, I plan on going to the meetings and uh, learning. I asked for some film on some NFL kickers. Uh, to that are comparable to how I kick um, so I can refine that and I'll stay around as long as they want me till they kick me off so I'm here for the long run how about that Jay pretty awesome it's amazing I I wish that Vandy was actually in position for her to actually kick a field goal uh, but that did not happen because they lost 41 to 0 but I'm still proud that the head coach before being fired can make a commitment like that to Sarah Fuller. You mentioned the head coach, that's Derek Mason. He was fired by the Commodores after the game. And speaking of being fired, it wasn't really a great day for Matt Patricia after his game on Thanksgiving, after getting embarrassed by Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans not long after Matt Patricia was fired by the Lions. His boss, General Manager Bob Quinn, they were both together in New England. Uh, He was fired as well. Here's Dan Orlovsky on our show, the former NFL quarterback, spent a dozen years in the league, on our show earlier this morning saying... They've let go of Patricia, they've let go of Quinn, and it's time to let go of somebody else too. I think it's time to move on from Matthew Stafford. I think that's justifiable on both parties because the Lions are not just, hey, let's hire a coach and see if we can fix this away. And so they've got to make the decision to move on from Matthew Stafford, trade him, and build for the future because it is now a rebuild. So this is 12 years when he's done this year, Key, in Detroit. Next year would be year 13. I mean, Dan seems to think it could be somewhere else. He's obviously played his entire career uh, with the Lions. Um, if it's the end, like, how would, you, how would you sum it up? Just big arm, ton of yards, not a lot of winning. He, well, look, here's what I would say. Just for Matthew Stafford, it's good that Dan says that because they should basically give him a parting gift and say, you will move you to a, someone who could potentially use you and be a contender. Well, Somebody like a Chicago Bears in the future, once they sort out their general manager, head coach, quarterback situation. Um, San Francisco, once they figure out what they want to do at the quarterback spot, start to look to see what value you can get from Matthew Stafford because this is probably a rebuild situation. I don't know their roster from head to toe. I mean, you know, from the front to the back, I can certainly – See that there's a couple pieces that's in play, but not enough to be competitive in this league. And it's geared toward what Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia wanted to do, the general manager and the head coach, in terms of building things. They tore it down and tried to rebuild it from Caldwell, and you see what has gotten them. So to do Matt a favor, you 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 
look to move him to a contender type team. I like to recite a line by our great producer, Evan Wilner. Go for he it. He says, move him to Chicago. Bring him to Chicago. Let him be a bear. And also hire Jim Harbaugh. And there you go. You're a championship contender. I yeah, mean, but I, I don't know if hiring the Jim Harbaugh really, I mean, in Detroit, is it just that simple to take it from Michigan to Detroit? Because that's the same fan base, right? Maybe like, so. I mean, but maybe so. If you know he's a better professional coach. I mean, you, Oh, Jim Harbaugh in Chicago. In Chicago. Not in, sorry. I'm thinking you're talking about Detroit. Detroit. In, Detroit. In, Chicago. in Chicago. In Chicago. Yeah, why not? I mean, they that seems a like a winning formula right there. They got a right defense there. in place, much like the defense was already in place when Singletary was the head coach and then Harbaugh took over for Mike. That defense was somewhat in place there. Um, yeah, I, I like that. Props I like that. To, props to you, Evan. Props to you, Evan. But Respect. The, but then you're, gonna, then you're going with the Harbaugh to Michigan alum, Harbaugh to Bears alum. Right, I don't know if I want point. to repeat that. Because uh, to, to Keith's point, Harbaugh was a Bears quarterback. Yeah, How did you that want to repeat up? that. <laughs> we'll see. There's another team that certainly doesn't want to repeat yesterday's performance. Here's Carr looking to throw again. Pressure coming. Kaminsky, and it's intercepted. Deion Jones with a flag down. And Jones is going to the end zone. And we'll see if it's an Atlanta touchdown. We'll check the flag. But Deion Jones with a pick. Interception for Deion Jones. What he does, he scores touchdowns. That is his 11th career interception and his fifth touchdown. That was on 92.9, the game. Thank goodness for Kendall Hinton because uh, Derek Carr can wake up this morning and say, I wasn't the worst quarterback in the NFL yesterday. That was a brutal performance for Derek Carr. I want to mention this. Last year, Key, will history repeat itself? I know you're high on the Raiders. They're Jekyll and Hyde type of team. Tell me what you think of this. That was embarrassing. Last year, Gruden thinks we're turning the corner. They are 6-4. and four. They take a trip all the way east to play the Jets. They lose 34-3 to the Jets. They're 6-4. and four. We're trying to go to the playoffs. They lose 34-3 to the Jets. 2020, they're 6-4. and four. They make the trip east again to Atlanta and this time suffer the worst loss of Gruden Part 2 since his return to the NFL. History repeating itself. Last year, the Raiders finished 7-9. and nine. Yeah, I think they I think they can win one or two more games, whatever, you know, but it I don't know. It was that that there yesterday, when you're right there, all you gotta do is take care of Atlanta. You you're putting yourself in the driver's seat. Now you go to Atlanta and you allow Raheem Morris to get at you, a guy who worked for you. He hmm. was on Gruden's staff in Tampa. He was our defensive back coach and, became, and eventually became a defensive coordinator for like one day and then became the head coach when they fired Gruden a couple of days later. It's it, – I don't know – I don't even know where to start with what I saw out of the Raiders. I don't know where to start. Debacle. It was ridiculous. It was like they forgot how to play football. I mean, no Todd Gurley for the Falcons, no Julio Jones. Their defense just demolished the Raiders. You're sitting there looking like Josh Jacobs. I mean, when – Look, when he runs for 75 yards or more, they're 5-0. and When he doesn't, they're 1-5. and I mean, it, and Derek Carr just looked like a shell of himself. Didn't they start this way last year? Weren't they just start out strong and then just fizzle towards the end? That is exactly Seems like they're repeating they, the same exact thing. Exactly what they did, but they – I I don't know. Like, I just don't know what the Raiders went to Atlanta to do. Did they go and hang out and get – Chicken wings all night long. Lemon pepper? Lemon pepper at a famous club. (laughs) Or did they... Magical night. Yeah, magical night, so to speak. I I just don't know. Like when I saw them, but this is what I always said about them. 
They're heartbreakers. They set you up for failure. You fall all in love with them at the minute. Then you find out, oh, okay, that's really not what it's supposed to be. And that's what the Raiders are. Is Carter the guy? That's the question. I mean, he is for me. He had a bad game. Yeah, seven days ago, he was great. We were lauding him after that game. Seven days ago, he was MVP-ish. Oh, he's performing. So I'm not ready to just throw him away. What you going to throw him away for? I'm not saying you throw him away. 43 to 6, though. But is Four, it all, no, I'm not saying it's all. I'm not saying you throw them away. You're allowed to have bad games. I I hear bad games. Forty three to six though. Damn. The defense gave up some of them points. It wasn't all Carr. I understand. The defense gave up some Carr points very too. loose with the football. Extremely no, loose yeah, he, he had some turnovers and he had some turnovers. There's no question about it. But the defense is over there too. Stop somebody. Julio Jones and much like he just said, Julio Jones or Todd Gurley who's scoring a lot of touchdowns this year, didn't play. So you went out there and basically laid an egg and couldn't figure out how to get going? That's what I said. I'm not, you know, I, I think Derek Carr could be the guy too, but that just, that seems like a way bigger issue, 43-6. to six. I just keep, I'm just going to keep repeating the score. Worst loss, like I said, since Gruden came back for part two out of the Monday night booth. We'll see what happens. Shout out to Raheem Morris, too. He got that first head coaching job. Key said at 32, like most of us in life, we mature. He's 44. He looks like he could be setting himself up for another stint as an NFL Four and coach. two now. After like all day, four and two. We, we had Rich McKay on the president of Atlanta Falcons a, a month or so ago when they yep. fired uh, Dan, Quinn. Dan Quinn. And we, we, we talked to him, and I mentioned to him if Raheem was in an audition stages of trying to get this head coaching job. And he said, certainly, yes, if he goes out there and he shows that he's capable of handling this situation. Yeah. It, and it seems like the players like playing for him, that it would be a shame if he has such great success that they don't really take him as a serious candidate at the end of the day. Yeah, he'll have a couple matchups with Tom Brady to sort of prove himself. We'll see. What happens? On the way, one more game to go in this week of the NFL. An MVP candidate trying to resurrect his candidacy and a quarterback trying to resurrect his career. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today 
to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Good morning. I'm Zubin Mahenti here with your SportsCenter update. Packers over the Bears 41-25. The NFL's oldest rivalry resumed. Doesn't really look like much of a rivalry at this point. Aaron Rodgers passed the 50,000-yard mark in his career. The Bears have gone from 5-1 to having dropped 5 in a row. The Giants have won three in a row. It's the first time since 2016. Jays fired up. They've won three straight. They sit in first place in the NFC East, but after they won a game, they may have lost Daniel Jones. Hamstring injury. We're waiting for an MRI. Early indications are it could be quite an extended stay out for Jones. We'll hope for the best, though, obviously, for anybody that gets injured. We'll wait to see. Colt McCoy came in in his place, and even though they didn't have Barkley and didn't have Jones, a defensive strip sack essentially sealed the game. They're playing hard for Joe Judge. And company. Elsewhere in the division, the Giants, of course, share it with the Eagles. Monday Night Football, Seattle and Philly, 815 Eastern from the link on ESPN with our Eagles reporter Tim McManus saying that Jalen Hurts, the team's rookie second round pick, is getting some more snaps with the first team as Wentz continues to struggle. What does it all mean? We'll talk about it with Mr. Monday Night, Lou Riddick, on the call. He'll be with us in one minute. And a breaking piece of NFL news, the NFL has canceled the Ravens practice that was scheduled for this morning. That's per a league source, according to Adam Schefter. The Ravens last practiced the Saturday before the game with the Titans. So if you want to have a date on that, that's November 21st. Today is November 30th. They're currently scheduled to play in Pittsburgh, I'm sure you know, on Tuesday night, a game that was moved from Thanksgiving to Sunday to Tuesday. To add to the drama, the Ravens' travel plans are in flux with snow forecasted in Pittsburgh tomorrow morning on their way there. They have 23 guys apparently on the COVID-19 list, including Mark Andrews, who is diabetic, underlying condition. Keep an eye on that. Sports Center brought to you by Sport Clips. Remember being at Sport Clips, waiting for that great MVP haircut experience. How about making that wait time even shorter now with on-deck text alerts? Get a 15-minute heads up when it's time to head in and another text alert when you're next in line. Sport Clips, it's good to be a guy. It's always good to be joined by Monday Night Football analyst Lewis Riddick. He's with us for the Monday Night Football preview, and it's brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Lou, I uh, just want to quickly get your thoughts on the breaking news from Schefter about the Ravens canceling their practice today, having not practiced in more than a week, and possibly having travel issues getting to Pittsburgh tomorrow. Yeah, it's just peak 2020, isn't it, Zubin? I mean, <laughs> this is this is the kind of thing that the league is trying to navigate in the interest of not canceling any games, but it's just getting harder and harder and harder, especially when every day it seems as though they can't get their arms around the level of spread that has actually occurred there in Baltimore, and they just keep having to shut the facility down, shut the facility down, see if they can contact Trace, see if they can figure out just how many people have been affected, how many people are at risk, and players just continue to sit at home. You can't practice football games. They don't want to cancel the game. And then people start bringing up the question of, well, is that, is that fair? Is that, is that competitively fair? Well, I, I mean, the, the league has made it known that that is not necessarily their concern this year. Their concern is trying to play a full schedule and make sure that people are following proper protocol so they can. And then with Baltimore, we already know that someone has been disciplined as far as not following proper protocols and, it's just, it's a mess, man. It really is a mess, and it's unfortunate because um, these are kind of these are kind of things that are going to be, you know, popping up in the news cycle 
on a regular basis now, so you have to prepare yourself for it. You can't be surprised with anything when it comes to dealing with this pandemic right now. Lou, when you think about it, though, both you and I played in the league, and and we've had practice time off and had to Mm -hmm. perform in between practice time being off. But they haven't practiced since the Titans. I was like, forever ago. How could they actually put a quality game or put a quality system on the field if they were to go tomorrow night? Well, I mean, Keyshawn, we know that it, it, it probably it wouldn't be. I mean, it, you would be at a severe, severe disadvantage. But that being said, what did we just watch yesterday between the Broncos and the Saints? We watched a team who had no quarterback, none, and they played the game. They played the game because of the fact that, one, like I said before, the league wants to get these games in, two, the Broncos put themselves in that situation by their quarterbacks not following the proper protocols. Three, in some ways, if you, I mean, I, and, I, and I don't know all the particulars as far as Baltimore is concerned as far as how this spread started and who they can definitely trace it back to and who wasn't following protocols, but it sounds like they have, they have put themselves in a situation that isn't very good for them by their own doing in Baltimore. And the league doesn't seem to have very much mercy for that kind of thing right now, considering what they're trying to get done in the middle of a pandemic in the first place. So all the normal ways of thinking about things, like like you just said, well, how can you put on a competitive game when a team hasn't practiced in, in days? I mean, multiple, multiple days they've just been sitting at home. I don't think that's necessarily the concern. Mm. I think the concern is how can we get this in? And that's just what we're, that's just where we're at. And it doesn't sound like something that makes sense to us because we know how, you know, just how interdependent football is and how much you've you got to practice football to play football. You, you can't just come off the couch and play it and play it at a high level. But that's what we're dealing with. Yeah. Lewis Riddick, ESPN's Monday Night Football Analyst, joining us here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Talk about quarterbacks. You're on the call tonight with Brian Greasy and Steve Levy. Monday night, Eagles taking on the Seattle Seahawks, but there's a little bit of quarterback controversy swirling around this matchup, not for the Seahawks, but for the Eagles. Jalen Hurts took some snaps, Lewis, with the first team, Mm -hmm. which to me doesn't really mean anything because typically backups do take snaps with the first team just so they can stay ready. In this particular instance, it sounds alarming, right? Yeah, let's – Let's say this. It it is a definite sign. Now he's been taking reps all year long. Let me back up and say he's been taking reps anyway. Because I mean, when you draft a kid in the second round, you you have to get him ready to some degree, especially when he's your primary backup. You have to give a guy like that some reps in order to get comfortable in the event that he needed to play. But in the context of this situation, there's no question that Carson is on notice. There's no question about that. Because the number one, even if Jalen can't do everything that Carson can do as far as executing the the entire playbook that they have installed in Philadelphia, the one thing that they can't live with anymore with Carson is him putting the rest of the team in jeopardy by turning the ball over the way he has. It's as simple as that. I mean, you know that. You play for coaches who who emphasize that, who that, that was their number one rule. Don't give it to the other team and we'll have a chance. Just don't give it to them. And Carson has been better giving it to the other team better than any other quarterback in the NFL. That's just a fact. And Doug's had enough of it. And if Doug Peterson's job is on the line and his career is on the line as far as the head coach is concerned because his quarterback just cannot seem to not give it away, 
then he has no other choice but than to get the number two quarterback ready, even if he's not ready, even if he doesn't give them the best chance to execute everything that he wants to execute in that offense. Because the one thing I'm sure he will he would bank on in that fact is at least he won't turn it over to the other team. Or I'm going to bet on he won't give it to the other other team, and we'll try and rally around the rest the rest of the game however we can, special teams and defense. So, look, Carson's been paid a lot of money. They made big bets with him. Ownership, GM, front office, they made big, big, big bets with Carson. But the fact is, they aren't winning games, and one of, one of the reasons is because he turns it over to the other team. There's a lot of other ones, too. But this bears watching, I think, more so than maybe you initially would think uh, based on what they had paid him. Just, just keep an eye on this. Mm-hmm. Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. Lewis Reddick joining us here on the Shell Pinzo Performance Line. Lou, ego is one hell of a thing, man. So it, that, that's a mission of guilt, essentially, for Doug Peterson and company for the Eagles organization. Do you think they will show that and move forward in order to win games? If Jay will, if it gets to the point where, again, you know, the, the turnover differential is getting way out of whack, you're continuously showing an inability to not correct the things that have cropped up over the first half of this season, first three quarters of this season, then why, why would you, why would you stick with what has gotten you to the point where you are and not try to change something? I mean, that that's an even bigger indictment on your competency than, than sticking with the guy simply because you want to see it through and because, you know, you don't want to admit that you're wrong. But Lou, I, I Lou mean, let me ask you, you this though. Lou, change something. Let me, let me ask you this real quick you. though. You've been an executive in the in the front office, but does that forty to fifty million dollars that you owe him factor into that decision making? Of course it does. Of course, because as we talked about when we're talking, as Jay Will said, when you're talking about ego, you don't like having. You know, you don't like thinking I gave someone this amount of money and I was wrong. Now I'm having to sit them down. And, I mean, that's like playing the draft pick who is a higher, higher round draft pick when you have an undrafted free agent who's outperforming him, but you won't give that undrafted free agent more reps because you need to justify drafting that guy in the first round. Man. You can't have people questioning you about your competency level based on where you value these two guys and how you acquired them, so you're just going to stick with it. You're going to stick with it. I'm going to ride this out. I'm going to ride this out. And you, we've seen people in the history of the NFL and other sports as well continue to do those kind of things just because they don't want to admit that they're wrong. And a lot of, I mean, when you're talking about paying a guy this kind of money, of course it gives him more leeway. Of course it gives him more, more chances to, to pull out of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, most quarterbacks, if they play like the way Carson has played this year in particular, they would have already been sat down. If they had a viable option behind him that they really thought could keep them competitive at that given time. That also shows that they don't think Jalen is necessarily ready to do that so it's, there's a lot of things that are going on right here, and they're still in the middle of the playoff hunt in a, in a weak division in the NFC East. So what gives them the chance to keep competing there? So there, there's so many things that right now are influencing this decision. That See, th- this is why you really wouldn't want to be a decision maker for the Philadelphia Eagles right now because you're, you're getting pulled in a thousand and one different directions, and it, and it isn't fun, but they put themselves in this situation, and they're going to have to figure it out. And if they don't figure it out now, trust me, in a couple months, they're going to have some hard, hard decisions to make when it comes to deciding what they want to do with Carson's contract before uh, the start of the 2021 new league year 
what they're going to have to do with some of these other guys on their on their team who have big salary cap numbers for next year in a down salary cap year where the salary cap's going to shrink and you're way over the cap already, it's a mess here in Philly. It's a mess. But first things first, they need to find a way to win this game tonight. No doubt. Fascinating subplot with Daniel Jones going down for the Giants. They can kind of, you know, maybe resurrect themselves within the division here as well with him out. And then next Monday night, I don't know how many times I've said this, Lou, we got multiple Monday night games again next Monday night. We're going to get through tonight, but then you guys got Buffalo and San Francisco. We'll hope Dallas and Baltimore can go off a week from tonight as well. Look forward to watching you, Steve, Brian, and Lisa tonight. Thank you, Lou. You got it. Thanks, Todd. Right. Yeah, that, that's right, the, crazy, the crazy thing about it. Seattle had to make a decision with Matt Flynn when they drafted Russell Wilson, and they had just given Matt Flynn all that money. They said, nah, bro. You're over there. We're playing Wilson. The rest was history. Made the right decision. Lou Riddick bringing us a Monday Night Football preview brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Quoting home insurance just got easier with Progressive's home quote explorer. Quote and buy all online at Progressive.com. Still to come, does Tom Brady, after yesterday and what has been an underwhelming season, regret signing with the Bucks? The answer, straight from an insider that knows him as well as anyone after Key. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And just one more, as Jay said, and it's all about Tom Brady. A reminder, we're brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. We all accidentally damage our phones. It happens. Straight Talk Wireless new Platinum Unlimited plan includes phone protection, 65 bucks a month. That's all it is, just 65 a month. For unlimited talk, text, data, and more, see mobile protect terms and conditions at assurion.com slash straight talk limitations and exclusions apply. Our poll question, fellas, this morning, I actually didn't get your results on it. Let's have you guys weigh in. Essentially, will the Bucks make the playoffs? 68% of our fans on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed have said indeed, including SkipDog64. Sometimes I love really awesome Skip Twitter, Twitter names at SkipDog64. Hit us up. Uh, no, fellas, scroll up here for a second so I can see this real quick. That would be Evan. There you Thank go. You. No, communications among Brady Arians and the receiver core are garbled at best. So skip dog going the other way, even though 68% of you have said, indeed, they will make the playoffs. Skip dog 64 saying, no. What do you guys think before we ask the big question surrounding Tom Brady? It's going to be tight, man. I'm not giving up on, I'm not giving up on them to make the playoffs, but I also know the only, only gimme, in my opinion, out of the four games that's left is Detroit. So they got the Vikings, Atlanta, Detroit, Atlanta. Correct. You got a head coach in Zim who believes they can still make the playoffs in Minnesota. You got another coach in Raheem Morris who's trying to prove he should be the head coach in Atlanta. And you got another organization in Detroit that's just Detroit. Give him the win. So you give him the win. <laughs> then you got Atlanta again. 
So Key thinks it's going to be right razor thin right now. They are on the right side of the bubble. They're the sixth seed in the seven-team NFC. I think they make it. I think it's going to be tight, too. I go back to what Jeff Darlington said, Key. I think we're going to see an implosion between Bruce Arians and Tom Brady. I, I, it just seems like you have two very, very strong personalities. Bruce Arians has the mic in his face, says what he feels. I know Tom is not that type of person, but it just feels like if they're not running his stuff and he continues to look this way, you don't think that's going to happen? No, Tom, Tom ain't going to step into that because because it's it'll it'll ruin the image of Tom. So you don't want to you don't want to ruin that, right? You don't want to all of a sudden start having people say, even though it's right for Tom to step in and make it, you know, but there's going to be people that say, oh, see, look at him. All he cares about is himself instead of just, you know, letting it play itself out. So I don't believe that Tom wants to have a environment that's kind of like selfish for him, you know, and I think people will look at it that way. I, I don't want to confuse people. I'm not saying it's going to happen externally. But it just seems like there are two just meteorites just headed towards one another. And eventually, internally, if you were right, which I actually agree with you on, if Bruce Arians is saying, this is my system, fit in where you get in, and you're not molding a system around Tom Brady and bringing aspects of what Bill Belichick made him successful in New England, inevitably, that's going to come to a head. Well, again, quarterbacks, any quarterback that you would ever have on the show or head coach or coordinator, whatever, we can ask them, but I already, I'm telling you, they talk to Tom at the beginning of the week, and they say to Tom, hey, what do you like? And Tom tells him, he, you know, he says, okay, I like that, I like this on third down, I like that on third down, blah, blah, blah. They may not be calling it, though. It's there, they practice it, but circumstances and situations sometimes pull them away from that. They need to do more of what Tom likes and less of what they like. And that's part of giving up your system to fit a guy in into his own system, something that he, to a degree, has done 20 years in New England. Last thing we should mention here, Jay mentioned Jeff Darlington, the ESPN NFL insider. Yeah, uh, Jeff Jay. was with us uh, this morning. Jeffrey. Very close to Tom Brady. In fact, was the guy that essentially said, do not sleep on Tom Brady going to the Bucks." Everybody laughed at him, and he ended up being right at the end. He joined us this morning, and I simply asked him, look, two years, the deal's for two years. Year one hasn't exactly gone the way they would have liked to this point. Does Tom Brady regret signing with the Bucks? That's an easy one. No, he's not regretting it at all. He actually loves Tampa. He loves the lifestyle. That is actually maybe to some surprise to some people, uh, a real priority for Tom Brady. The the one thing that he also really likes about Arians is that there is no BS. And you can take that for what you want, whether it's not necessarily intended to be a shot at New England, but there are certain aspects that are very difficult to deal with when you're playing ball in New England. Now, does that mean um, that it translates to less wins? I guess that ultimately is what uh, we have to find out. And we also have to find out how that, how less wins, ultimately impacts Tom Brady's happiness. Well, he would know. He would know. And, I, and, and, and Tom Brady's not going to regret. He's got a way better team and personnel than what the New England Patriots have. There's no question about it. Uh, they, they have an opportunity to still go to the playoffs. They're sitting at the sixth seed right now where New England is at the crib. So I don't <laughs> think that – I don't think he would regret that at all. I mean, it's just, you know – it looks weird, but no, he no regrets there. I, I just kind of laugh at this whole scenario because I think ego plays such a big role here. And obviously for a guy like Bruce Arians, who's a Super Bowl champion, a guy who's been there, done that before, and we talked to Lou Reddick about it before, um, 
if Bruce Arians' ego will let Tom run the system that made Tom successful. Ultimately, like, will it come down to that? And will Bruce Arians be able to do that? Well, you got to remember, though, if you're trying to implement an entire system. I'm not saying entire yeah. major aspects of that system. Okay. Yeah, they, they, should, I mean? they should give him a little nugget here and there. Yeah. Pumpkin pie, the Beatles, along <laughs> with Seinfeld. Will you stop? Jay Will, you, I learned I something new about you every day. I tried a pumpkin pie. Pumpkin pie, Seinfeld, and the Beatles. This is not like undercover brother and mayonnaise. I tried a favorite slice three, of it. Favorite <laughs> Jay's favorite sport, college basketball, tomorrow on the show, all over the Champions Classic. Let's Dick Michigan go, State, Kentucky, and Kansas. UKE. <laughs> and we'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio. 